Hey, DJ Maddie Light. Hey, Craig. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm not too bad. Um, let hey, me shut the, shut the AC off here. It's a yeah, loud. I was going to say, there's like a distortion from something. How's that? Is that better? Yeah. Cool. So, um, yeah, thanks for rescheduling with me the other day. Oh, um, my pleasure. Is yeah. the car okay? I don't know yet. They just towed it today, but... Oh, geez. Yeah, so, um, well, for those that don't know, I just got a new car. I looked forever for one. Finally got one. Uh, like a month ago, and a 20-year-old kid drove into me on Thursday night. So uh, the first payment was actually due on Friday, the next day. <laughs> but I finally got a rental yesterday, and um, it's in the shop now, so we'll see what happens. Awesome. Was he drunk or anything? No, I don't know. Just uh, he, didn't, he seemed fine to me. He just ran a stop sign, kind of, or, sure. or didn't really look enough times. Because it was around rush hour. Right. Um, you're okay, though. Yeah. That's the most important. But, yeah, I appreciate you uh, being flexible and oh. rescheduling. Of course. You got, listen, life happens. I'm not going anywhere. So take care so, of you. But, yeah, first off, uh, I want to thank you because you send a lot of music to my other show, The Graveyard Shift. And I uh, just wanted to let you know I appreciate that. Well, I appreciate the, uh, I appreciate the support. You know, it's... It's hard, I, you know, I think for people to kind of make a name for themselves, especially in a, a pretty vast industry like the music business. And the fact that there are people that'll take the time to not only listen to your music, but, you know, take the time to, to play it, promote it and talk about it. Um, you know, that speaks volumes to you and your success with that show. So it's appreciated from guys like me. You know, there's a bunch of us and, you know, through your show and through your, your songs, I've met like and or not met. But you know what I mean? I've spoken to a lot of cool artists that I would have never come across otherwise. So. You know, thank you for that as well, and I'll always keep sending you stuff. Yeah, it's funny because um, just looking at your page and, like, the people that like a, a lot of your posts are people that, whose music I play in my show. Yeah, so it's like a weird little community, which is funny. Like, it's, you know, it almost reminds me of, like, the punk rock days where, like, a lot of the bands that were, like, almost, like, not clicky, but, you know, through your show, like, you know, I started talking with, like, Tali and all them and, and G-Fam, and then, like, you know, I saw Jay Fliz and I'm like, oh, a Boston guy, let me check him out. And of course, Hero and all those guys. And it's kind of like, well, I'm from there originally. So let me reach out to these guys too, or at least introduce myself. And yes, it's, it's cool to see because you play all, you obviously play a lot of like bigger names as well, but your support for kind of the independence and the underground is, is certainly prevalent. And, you know, it's easy to just reach out to someone and, you know, obviously they're, we're all in the same, uh, same place, so to speak. So it's good to uh, use your show as kind of a, an icebreaker, if you will. Yeah, definitely. So do you remember exactly how you found out about my show or, or connected with me? I think it was um, from a uh, weapon ESP. Um, you know, I was reaching out to him, cause, you know, I, I like his work. And I think he had said like, you know, this guy is good for support and, and playing a lot of good hip hop. So I think that's how I introduced myself to you. And, um, you know, knowing you're a New England guy certainly helped. Hey, we're back with uh, DJ Maddie Light. Yes. So you, you were saying how you first found out about my show and how we first connected. Yeah. I want to say that was, that was from, uh, from weapon. Um, cause he was trying to, um, uh, you know, up Genosha and all that. He was, you know, kind of, you know, helped me out and provide me with some information of, 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 you know, local people that were supporting hip hop and, and some other DJs and things. And I think that you were probably one of them. Cause he had mentioned that you were a, 
uh, a New England guy. And so that's kind of probably, I, I want to say that was probably earlier this year when he did that, maybe March, April. Um, yeah, maybe- it seems like it's been close to a year, maybe, that you've been sending music. But um, so you're saying you're from Massachusetts. Yes. Um, where in Mass are you from and how old are you? And, and when did you decide to move to Chicago? How long have you been there? So I'm from Dartmouth, Mass. Originally, I lived in Boston for 13 years. I'm 41 and I moved to Chicago um, four years ago, you know, for job opportunities and things popped up. So here I am. You know, what's funny is um, I thought you were like 20 years old for some reason. I don't know why, but I'm also 40 years old, 41. But um, back then, were you ever into making music when you were living in Massachusetts? Or is that something that uh, came later when you moved to Chicago? No, I was I played in bands um, when I was 19. Um, me and my friends, we played in a punk rock band in our, you know, late, late teens, early 20s, uh, being called Damaged Goods. Did a did some touring, played Warp Tour, put out a couple of records. Um, we parted ways like in 2005. We're all still friends. Um, played a couple of reunion shows. Played a reunion show a couple of years ago back home. Um, I played in another band a couple of years ago called Tempting Heights. Um, but I always, you know, liked hip hop since I was like nine. Uh, I always yeah. liked punk. You know, I liked that since you know I was very young. I got into it. I was always a fan of you know, you know, early hip hop and, and also like Guns and Roses. So you know, and, and I've said before, and, and you know in my travels i bought you know green days dookie and notorious big ready to die on the same day um mm-hmm. so i've always kind of had my my feet on both sides of the fence so um you know last year when when things were kind of you know everyone staying home and doing whatever i was just like oh like you know let me try to to see, try my hand at this making you know production and, and things like that and i kind of took to it and you know through a lot of trial and error and practice and in focus you know that's kind of i've been doing it for under a year and, and here i am wow that's that's really surprising because your production's really good and um you know you're already working with guys like black poet you you were saying you have an ep coming up with him mm-hmm. and so um had you like worked on like used programs for the punk music that that you just adapted to for hip-hop like no pro tools or anything uh no i mean being in a studio so one of the records i recorded in my old band we worked with a guy named john Naclario, and he worked with bands like my chemical romance and brand new which are kind of like big punk rock bands um so i learned a lot about i want to say maybe not studio tricks but like making a song sound bigger than than it kind of is um you know doing these little things to fill out a song like extra guitar parts here or maybe like a small harmony here like but it, it makes ear candy and it makes the song more interesting to the listener and it makes it sound, you know, bigger than just kind of a guitar, drums, bass, and a singer, if you will. Um, so I kind of use that knowledge in my kind of, you know, I like pop music. I like catchy stuff. So how do I bring that kind of knowledge into making hip hop beats that sound like something I would have grown up on in the, in the 90s, right? Like that's kind of where my influence is, but I kind of want to make them like arrange them like a Beatles song or whatever. Um so to that point, I, I use Logic when I'm mixing beats, like after I kind of arrange them. Um, so I never, I just kind of learned Logic on the fly. Now, do you play any instruments on any of your beats? Uh, I'll, I'll occasionally lay down some, some bass notes or, you know, if, if it calls for it, maybe like a, an occasional synth. But otherwise, it's just generally samples and compositions. 
Yep. Yeah, I saw you do a lot of digging, it looks like. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of good spots here. Um, there's a store in Chicago that has a pretty big like library record section, but there's also a lot of uh, spots that have like obscure soundtracks. There's a place called Dave's on Clark Street that is very good for like obscure soundtracks and world music and stuff. So you can always go there once a week and find some stuff with like random covers and things like that, which you know, that's I kind of base it on the cover. If I can't read what it says if it's foreign, I'm like, well, I'm gonna guess, but the cover looks pretty interesting. And um yeah. so yeah, you got you know, I do kind of both for sure, digging and then like, you know, compositions and stuff. Now when it comes to music in Chicago, I I always um heard it's the capital or like there's a bunch of house DJs that are from there, like Bad Boy Bill and some other famous ones. I don't know. Is it really like a um like EDM type town, would you say? I think it more hip hop from from like Kanye West and stuff. Uh, I think there's a, there's a good mix of everything. Um, a lot of people that I I know up here, a few are in like some punk bands. Um, so that's kind of my go to. Um, one of the owners of a record store in this neighborhood called Pilsen. Um, you know, he hangs out with a lot of like hip hop guys, like uh, Maker from uh, Typical Cats and things like that. Um, I'd say the scene is is pretty mixed. I don't necessarily, I, you know, I, I don't go to like a ton of shows just because we haven't, no. um, you know, but I, I think, I think the music up here is pretty diverse for sure. There's a lot of, you just have to know where to find it. Yeah. Now for people that don't live in Chicago or maybe have never gone there, it like it, they make it sound like a really violent place. Do you think it's really as bad as, as people say? No, I don't. I think that's, I think it's, there is for sure and you know there's there's a lot to blame whether it's whether it's you know the, the city being broke or this and that but i think while there there is violence i think it's it's limited to certain areas necessarily and and unfortunately that's just kind of the stigma that it gets you know i i lived in boston for a very long time and even when i went to school up there i sold not to go to mission hill and i eventually lived there you know it's right. it is what it is um you know, I think every big city in every metropolitan area is going to have its share of pockets of just bad news. And it's unfortunate, but, you know, it's the third biggest city in America. So, you oh, know, yeah. I guess it's a little more prevalent. <clears throat> now, um, is there like a huge underground hip hop scene there or anything? Like, is there any weekly type uh, open mics or anything that you know of? Uh, I've seen some beat battles and some ciphers here and there. I'm not as in tune as I probably should be to all that stuff. Um, you know, simply because I'm kind of, kind of focusing on my own thing, but I've certainly, you know, reached out to some, some guys. Uh, there's, there's a dude out here named panic um, from mole men. Um, you know, very, very long time, oh, yeah. long time Chicago producer who uh, I've been in chats with here and there. There's another producer out here called uh, the, the mighty AF um, also a great guy. So Chicago certainly does have a good share of producers and things, but as far as battles and open mics, I'm not a hundred percent sure of, of, of the frequency and how often. Is there any rappers that you're really impressed with from, from there that are kind of bubbling on the underground? Uh, I'm, I'm honestly, I'd, I'd have to kind of dive in. I'm not, I'm, I haven't really taken a big dive because I got into hip hop production and kind of the scene as COVID was, was there. Yeah. So there, there wasn't a lot of like shows to check out or things to do. Um, you know, I kind of plan to go out a little more and branch out once, you know, shows happen more frequently for sure. 
have you found any underground uh like college radio or shows similar to mine out there i haven't i've looked um which is which is tough and maybe i'm not looking in the right places um which could be it but i I really i feel like there has to be something you think (laughs) you think yeah so what they just have like a jam in 94.5 like really mainstream yeah there i think it's like 104 um something or other what's the big one out here yeah, one hundred four point three is 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 pretty good for like the 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 hip hop, but it's more of like the mainstream stuff. Um, you know, I remember when I was when I was younger, there was uh, ninety point three out in in Rhode Island was a good hip hop station. Um, yeah. I, I remember listening to that, but I, I I'm not sure where um, college radio stands in 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 shows like yourself, unfortunately, out here. Now, um, when you were in Massachusetts, did you go to any like? Um... Did you go to the Middle East ever for any hip hop shows or any like major events? Yeah, I went to a few, um, few hip hop shows. I saw Eminem play the Middle East downstairs after I interviewed him on my radio show when I was in college. Oh, wow. um, it was Eminem and the Solid Dwellers they played. Um, I want to say Acrobatic Open, but I, I'm not. That was probably sure. around um, like '99 because <clears throat> I remember he was he was at the Middle East around that time, like either right before or right after. Um, he blew up. Yeah, I think it was shady like, LP. Yeah, I think it was like uh, February '99 because he had like a he had like a, a a five song demo or like the Slim Shady EP or something of that nature. Um, so I want I I think it was that and this my my dorm neighbor this dude Dan who's from New York and he turned me on to like all kinds of hip hop back then that I had never heard of. One of them being Eminem, but he turned me, he showed me like nonfiction, Aesop Rock. Um, I think I don't know if Weatherman was out there then, but maybe Necro. Um, but anyway, so he was the one that showed me who Eminem was. He played me Bonnie and Clyde, and I thought it was such a good story, you know. So um, you had a show there, like at um, what what college was it that you were at? It was Northeastern. So he came to the the radio station Northeastern, and uh, we it, myself and my roommate at the time interviewed him because we had a radio show together. And he did a bunch of drops for different radio shows. He signed a bunch of posters, and then he played the show at the Middle East. And that, if I remember correctly, I think he said, like, hey, uh, F Boston, I'm out, or, or something crazy like that. I don't recall. And then next thing you know, he's, like, the biggest thing on the planet. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, so that was, like, and it was one of those moments, and I don't have this picture, but I think my old roommate does. Him and I are doing the, he's, like, shaking my hand, he's flipping the camera off, and it's the same picture that he and Dre took on the cover of, like, Rolling Stone, essentially. And, mm. and and I was just like, ah, oh, you gotta find me that picture because that's you know that's a good memory. Yeah, you probably don't even have the recording, unfortunately, anymore, right? No, of course not, because you know who knew. Yeah. So um, let's see. Try. Um, oh, and, and to answer, to go back to you, I I saw I went to who did I see at the Middle East? I saw I went to go see Cage at the Middle East. I want to say like mid two thousands. Wow. Um, I saw Necro there. Um, I think me and my friend went to go see. Uh, <clears throat> Mr. Lift when he did a live at the Middle East record. I think it was yeah, around that like time. around that time. Um, I, I remember Cage was on the first Porn Theater Ushers album on the very first song, and for a while, like he was he was my favorite underground rapper for for like maybe a good year or two, you know. Mm-hmm. He was he was just killing it for a while. Yeah, his yeah. older stuff's great for sure. I mean, I still I like I still pop out Hell's Winter and Depart from Me every now and then, but. I liked them on movies for the blind and smut peddlers. Like those are, those are some great records. And that whole, um, 
that whole was it was it Eastern Conference like with yeah Eon and uh, yeah High and Mighty like I think those are all great and they still they still sound fresh even you know with the right. rawness to it. Is there anyone else you interviewed on that show that that stands out as, as someone um, really notable? No, uh, well the the old Boston punk band Mission One Hundred and Twenty because the bassist went to Northeastern as well, so we had them on. Um, the ska band, the Sellouts, they played with like Big D and the Kids Table a lot. Um, had them on the show, but as far as hip hop goes, just Eminem. So it was a punk and hip hop show. Yeah, I would play punk, ska, hip hop. You know, I was. I just would. I would just would play the stuff I liked, and I still like it to this day. Now, did you ever do any um, punk shows in Portsmouth, New Hampshire? Oof! If I did, my memory would be not very good because I spent a lot of shows um, consuming alcohol with my bandmates. Yeah, um, I'm just sh- curious because um, uh, they just the punk scene was huge over there in Portsmouth. Like, um, <clears throat> I think uh, Al from the Dropkick. Murphy's he's he had a band that was pretty big from out of yeah, there. Yeah, the yeah, the bruisers. Yeah, and then um, you know, where I'm from in Exeter, like the town over, they had they had a group called the Queers that were pretty Oh popular. yeah. Yeah, I love the Queers, like Don't Back Down, classic. Yeah, so I mean like uh growing up in my town in Exeter, there was like everyone was into punk music except for like uh, you know, me and Granite yeah. State and uh Static Select and a few of our friends that we grew up with. Oh, right on. But um, there was a place in downtown Portsmouth. It was called the Elvis Room. Oh, I remember the and Elvis Room had, for sure. Yeah, they had tons of punk bands. But then one night a week they had hip hop. And I guess like um, I, I just found this out recently that like esoteric and like a lot of the Boston guys would go there pretty frequently. I used to we used to play a lot at the uh, at the Sad Cafe in New Hampshire. I don't know if you remember that. It was in like Plastow. I don't know if you're familiar with oh, that. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's down the street from from Exeter where, where I'm from. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we used to play there a lot too. I'm sure we played like some VFWs in Portsmouth and in and, and things of that age. I just we would play twice every weekend for you know years on end. Yeah. So a lot of the shows unfortunately bleed into each other. But that's cool. That's cool that they would have hip hop nights. I don't remember a lot of clubs, especially when in that time doing a lot of hip hop shows like in the early 2000s. That was hard to find. Yeah. So. um do you feel like there's any like albums, hip hop albums that really inspired you to get into producing or was it just something that was kind of like you always wanted to try it and you finally had a chance because of the lockdown and everything? Uh, yeah, I, I feel like a lot of the, the Stu Bangus work, um, you know, I remember when I first heard uh, his Acid Reflex remix on Ill Bill. I was like, this is insane. What is this? And then he did the machete mode um, with Esoteric. Yeah, so that album when I first heard the danger with like him and apathy and self-titled, I'm like, this is nuts. And yeah. to me, and to me, when I heard that kind of stuff, it reminded me of like punk records because there was a lot of influence there that didn't sound like that. That was hip hop. There was like guitars and really weird instruments and guitar stabs and just all these things. I'm just like, this almost sounds like metal and in, in kind of in its own little way. And, and I thought that was cool um but you know hearing that but hearing like you know the early Def Jook stuff LP's production is just so out there and and, and rich with with sound and texture and that but you know plus Paul's Boutique you know think those records to me you're just especially Paul's Boutique where they just took music from other records and blend them together to make songs like that's you know that's so challenging to someone who like myself who likes music that yeah you know I kind of want to get into that but I you know I like all the early you know 90s stuff i think you know 
gang star, you know, hard to earn in those records. Busta Rhymes, the first one. My goodness. The comic. Now, would, would you say you have a favorite producer or like a top five? Yeah, for sure. If I had a top five, I mean, in no particular order, it'd probably be, you know, Premier, Alchemist, LP, Stu. Um, and honestly, I think um, Ant from Rhyme Sayers and Atmosphere. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good choice. You know, there's the Sankofa album they have coming out um, in, in a couple of weeks. There's a song that's very heavily influenced by like a Rhyme Sayers early atmosphere kind of, kind of sound. Huh. Um, it's so, I, don't, I don't know if you got to hear it or not, but um, you know, I'll, I'll send you it at some point. So um, the, your latest, it looks like your most recent full-length album is the one with Tones. Yeah, Sacred, yep. And um, I saw he's from New York. How did you guys connect? And um, where in New York is he from? Do, do you know? Um, Long Island is where he's from. Um, he connected, um, he had heard a song, that the first song I did with uh, Prime Prolific, who's out of New Jersey. Um, my first song with him was called Beating Heart. He had posted about it, and I think um, like Tones maybe followed me or checked me out because um, you know everyone kind of runs in the same circles. Yeah. And then you know, of course, being new to Instagram, I was like, oh, who's this following me? Like, oh, I got to check this guy out. And so I listened to Tones, but I noticed that one of the records he put out uh, was with Stoop uh, from Jedi Mind Tricks, and I thought mm-hmm. that was crazy. I'm like, oh man, you know if. Stoop should probably be on that list too. At least five B, he's great too. Yeah, he's so uh, slept on. Yeah, for sure. And that's the sad thing too is that he should be up there in like the pantheon of you know kind of the the resurgence, if you will, of like a different sound because yeah. those Jedi Mind Tricks albums are all great. Um, right. But but he had done an album with Stoop, and I'm like, oh man, like this guy worked with Stoop. He wants to talk to me, and we just ended up t- going back and forth, con- you know, talking and kind of just talking about sounds and Sonics, and I asked tones i said you know i can send you some stuff if you you know want to hear them he said sure send them over and i think you liked five of them off the jump and that's kind of how we started getting going there that makes sense that he did an album with him because um i feel like the album you guys did together is is a pretty dark album thank you Um, you have a pretty dark production sound in general i try to balance that out with some other stuff now and then so you know if you listen to the tones record there's some dark stuff but then like there's that song at the end, Misinterpret, with like strings and guitar stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, generally, I mean, you know, that's kind of, you know, I kind of was influenced, I guess, by like the darker sounds of hip hop, you know, that you or your stuff. And that's kind of what I gravitate to. So, you know, to, for, to get a compliment that the album is dark, I'll certainly take that. Thank you. Yeah, it sounds great. I mean, I was just listening to a bunch of your beats on, on Instagram before we, we got started. Just because I wanted to make sure I didn't miss anything, and um, that's that's how I felt. Is like they're they're really um, I don't know. It makes sense that you have such a musical background because they just there's there's a lot to them, you know. Thank you. And I you try to tell some. You can tell you put a lot into them rather than like you know. So many people make beats today, and they're just you know they sound like you can make them in five minutes. Sometimes sometimes they do come together that easily, but I pre- no, but most of the time you're right. You want to put the time in for sure. And you know, for me, you know, I, I like I said, I approach it from the sense of when I, I learned from that guy John. It's like, how do I make the second verse stand out from the first one? I don't just want to put the same 16 things there. Like, let me change the instrumentation, let me do this, or you know, can I add this one little thing or drop a drum just to make it interesting for the listener because that's what's more important. Like I know what the beat sounds like. How do I make it fun for somebody who didn't make it? Right. 
So on the Tones album, do you have a favorite track off there? Uh, I have two of them. Uh, of Sacred, I think, is, is probably one of my favorite ones. But I like Misinterpret as well because I kind of like the fact that it's a little different and slow. And it's kind of, to me, it's one of those songs that people are either going to verbally say they don't like or secretly like it and not tell anybody. But um, to me, that's kind of what I think one of my favorite songs. I think it's one of my favorite beats that I made um, in the way that uh, I was able to have Tones have his son on it at the end. I thought that was a, a nice little touch. Well, let me put it this way, too. Um, for Tones, like, what song do you think he he rapped the best on? Like, where do you, where do you think he's the sharpest? Oh, on, oof. I think Immortal. Um, I think I think that's probably where Tones is probably his most fierce on the album, yeah. for sure. Um, you know, because that just, it starts, there's no intro, there's no nothing, it just starts, and he just goes through the whole song. So to me, I think that's probably his sharpest performance, that or You're Welcome, which was the last song he put out. Do you guys plan on working together more, or is this a one-project thing? <laughs> Oh, yeah, we have a few songs on deck. We just kind of want to put out an album just to, you know, put out a few more songs and one, one a month. But we have a few that are in the hopper. And I know he kind of wants to work on a work on album, too. So when the time comes, we'll get another one together for sure. So you have that album that just came out not long ago. And then you also have a, a pretty big single, Swiss Cheese. Yeah, that one's got some traction for sure. So what can you tell us about that? Um in the title and everything. So I had just made that beat. Um, I think someone had tagged ill bill on it. Cause it sounded like an ill bill kind of beat, uh, which was very humbling. Um, but when Robbie Blair, who was the MC on it messaged me, he's like, can I have this beat? Let's work on this. I said, yeah, absolutely. Cause I've, I've checked him out before. Um, you know, I liked some of this. I liked some of the, uh, the songs I heard from him. So I, I thought it would make perfect sense. And, um, you know, he took the beat and, and did his thing on it. I think it came out great. The Swiss cheese, you know, I, I think it's about kind of, you know, what, what, what Robbie thinks is going on with, with the world today. How we're all zombies and, you know, everything's putting holes in the brain and that's kind of where he's coming from. Yeah. He did really good on that track. I was really impressed with his rapping on there. Yeah. When I first heard that, I was just like, this is not what I thought was going to happen. Like he just came out and just, you know, went right over everything just nonstop and I was I was very impressed with how that turned out. So you had never really talked to him before that? He just hit you up? Yeah, he had hit me up. He heard the beat, liked it, and then you know we, we just started like conversing back and forth on a much more regular basis. And you know that's kind of how that song came to be. Um it was pretty I guess it, it like it it sparked something in him to just write really quickly and he got it recorded very quick and um, we had it mixed at his studio out in New York there that he has. And, you know, that's how that came together. We put a little, you know, we, we, it was done a lot earlier than when it came out, but he wanted to kind of release it with a video and just have all the kind of ducks in the row before it came out. So, yeah. And that, he actually sends me music too. So, you know, I was surprised to see you guys working together. Oh, nice. Yeah. He's so, a good dude for sure. I like how that came out. Now, is there any new England legends you'd love to work with? In ter- as far as MCs, oh yeah, of course. Um, you know who I would love the opportunity to work with with Esso or Lith, and um, you know one of my favorite records is the uh, that Acrobatics record, um, uh, Perceptionist rather, the Acrobatic and Lift record with Fax oh, yeah. One. I love that album, and, and I would love to have those two guys on the song. But you know those are just big dreams, of course. I mean those are those are Boston legends. I've um, 
I, you know, I've, I've checked out M dot, you know, and messaged him a couple of times here and there. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a good friend of mine. He's great. Oh, is he? Yeah. He's yeah. great. Um, uh, hero, the MC, him and I have been going back and forth trying to maybe get something going, you know, towards the fall. Um, me and Jay got something that we're trying to cook up also because he wants to do something before the year's up too. So that's kind of that's kind of the plan. But as far as Dream Guys go, yeah, a, per- a perceptionist reunion, but produced by me. One song that'd be awesome. Um, yeah, you know, there's so many, so many good. I mean, good, so many good. You know, Boston hip hop. It's it's hard to pick a few without trying to. I don't want to diss anybody else, but that would be mine. Right. Um. So, do you have a top five favorite hip hop albums of all time? Oh God, this will probably this this will probably change daily. Yeah. Um, but I think as far as you know, favorite five right now, I like the game Doctor's Advocate is very good to me. I like that one. Um, Rock him the solo album, the Eighteenth Letter, or that album I think is great. Um, Tribe, Low End Theory, um, Apathy, Eastern Promises, for sure. Um, and now I have to pick the fifth one, which is like, of course, going to be troublesome. You know, probably Paul's Boutique, if I had to pick as well. Yeah, that's a good list. Yeah, ask me tomorrow and see how see what it looks like. Right. <laughs> so, is there any newer hip hop artists that you listen to, or you mostly listen to old school stuff? No, I listen to, you know, I listen to the newer stuff. I like, I like listening to a lot of the guys back home, you know, G Flam and uh, yeah, G Flam rather um, him, Hero J, um, you know, the stuff that, that Tali's working with, with their crew, like Knuckle Dragons. Like I, I listen to a lot of like the back home hip hop. Cause I didn't know, I guess through time and, and getting back into it, I didn't know that there was such a rich kind of scene going on out there, you know, and a lot, and it's all really good, which is certainly awesome. Um, so as far as newer stuff, you know, I certainly like those guys, you know, that, that kind of homegrown hip hop, that's kind of, as far, as far as like, what's, what's recent, that's kind of what I'm listening to, to be honest. Yeah. It's funny because like, um, G fam and, and all those guys, the knuckle draggers and everything, like I didn't really know about them until this last year. Also, um, it's, it's just weird how it's like so many people you've named, I, I've connected with, you know, in, around the same time that, that we connected Right. It's, it's like everything it, shut down. It's all, yeah, everyone came out of, you know, everyone found kind of like the, your creativity or they had the time to, to put the time back into music where before maybe they didn't have it. And so yeah. now everyone's kind of working back at it again, which is not a bad place to be. Right. So do you have a favorite song that you've made so far? Ooh, I think one of Misinterpret is probably one of my favorite songs that we've made or I've made. Um, Disrespectful with Tragedy came out great. Um, you know, the songs I have on the Black Poet EP certainly, you know, are, 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 you know, up there as well. I don't listen to a lot of my stuff after it's out because I just kind of want to focus on the next thing. Um, you know, but I think like as far as, you know, the first song I ever put out will always have a special place in my heart, you know, because it's the first one, you know, first, the first baby left the house, if you will. Um, but this was that first song with Prime Prolific? Yeah. Beating Heart. Okay. You know, that'll always have a special place because that was like the first one. Um, but I think Disrespectful came out great um, with Tragedy. That one's, you know, that one's kind of a banger. That one's gotten a lot of traction. And, you know, certainly Swiss Cheese came out good as well. And I just want to be creative and make my next favorite one, you know? 
Yeah. Um, Prime Prolific. I don't know why his name sounds so familiar every time I look at it. I don't know if it's from your music or if if he does. He have a lot of stuff that he put out before he worked with you. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's been doing this for I think twenty years. He's certainly been around. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's. I think he's got a pretty good catalog of music. Now, whether it's all online or not, I'm unsure. But you know, he's been around for certainly a long time. All right, that explains it. Um, so since you brought up Black Poet, how do you end up connecting with a guy like that? Like, how did that come about? And is the EP done? It's not done. Um, it's getting there. Almost done. Uh, as far as connecting with him, it was. It was messaging him with kind of a, a mutual introduction that will, you know, kind of remain nameless. But it was more of a, you guys should work together. So I, you know, kind of reach out to Poet. And I was like, you know, big fan of your stuff. I really love, you know, these albums you did. What do you think of this stuff? And the three beats I sent him, he, he liked all of them. He said that never happens. And I said, well, perhaps that's a good sign and maybe we should keep going. So that's kind of how that, that came to be. So is it going to be six songs, the EP? Five. Five. And what can you tell us about it? Is, is there anyone uh, else on it besides him? Uh, right now, it's just him. Whether or not, like, the last song, we get someone else on it, I don't know. That's maybe going to be an executive decision. Uh, Tone Spliff is on the cuts on a couple of tracks, and it's just Poet doing Poet's thing. Wow. So, um, yeah, I actually, I, I really liked the first, well, the two Screwball albums. I, I played them a lot, you know, when they first came out and everything. And um, he's by far my favorite member of the group. You know, he's that voice and delivery. He's, he's just, I don't know, it, it's really unique, I, I guess. But he, like he makes it sound simple the way he raps, but he's he's extremely good at it, you know. He's real good at it. And there's like just, there's just a slight bit of menace in, throughout it. You know, yeah, yeah he's, just, <laughs> he's just really good. So, um, when do you think that will be be coming out? Is there any projected release date for that? I'd say sometime in the fall. Uh, nothing set in stone yet. Just gotta, you know, get get all the songs done. You know, all the mixes of of songs have been, you know, thumbs up so far. So it's just a matter of just, you know, putting a bow on the rest of it. But I'd say probably the fall is a little more realistic to get, you know, things pressed up and get things you know, situated properly. One of the things I want to do, like kind of when I hit my like one year of, of, of music is like, you know, maybe do things a little less fly by night and actually plan things out a little more and maybe do proper rollouts and maybe do a little more promotion than just like, you know, dropping a song on Bandcamp on a random Wednesday. Well, for you, it's crazy because it's like, um, you just keep coming out with more songs and singles in the last year. You know, it's like, you just kind of came out of nowhere and then you just keep sending songs and um, like, you never know who's going to pop up on one of your songs really. Yeah. I, you know, I try to keep it interesting. Like I feel it's, it's tough these days to, it's tough these days to make a full record and have, and have it really captivate somebody for like a half hour, 40 minutes. I think, especially if someone like, like me, who's, you know, not very well known and, and just trying to get their foot in the door. How am I going to convince someone to give me 40, 40 minutes of their time? I think it's important to kind of maybe stay fresh and stay relevant. So maybe putting out a new song a month, whether it's with tones or FP or, you know, H2Owens or these, you know, or these cats, it's probably better to do that once a month because at least it's like, Oh, I have a new song. It's with a new person. Like someone will listen to that maybe for a week or so. And then by the time they forgot about it, here's another one. 
Yeah. Yeah, it seems to be a good formula. Thank you. And um, so if, if you could get anyone on one of your tracks, who would it be? Like, who's the dream guest appearance for you? Oof. That's a good question. I love self-titled. I just love his his style and his cadence. I love the ad-libs. I think that would be great. Um, cool G rap. Phenomenal. Mm. You know, and of course, like, you know, you think of back home, SO, Apathy, like those guys, that would be awesome. Vinny Paz. I mean, those would be all dream guys. And all I can do is keep grinding and hope to maybe cross paths, paths with them one day. Now, um, I was thinking about this with your last answer about like trying to, trying to make like uh, songs that people want to listen to for 45 minutes. It's funny how like I look at Illmatic and it's like, why can't anyone top this album? You know, like it's really not that hard of a formula. It seems, you know, like just put out eight to 10 really incredible songs on one album, you know, but no one's really been able to, to do better than that, you know, but it's yeah. like, uh, there's so much music out today. You know, and then you have Nas, like, however many years later, almost almost 30 years later, and he puts out this album, you know, last week. And, uh, you know, people people are expecting, you know, not much from it. And then it's, you know, it's a it's a really good album. You know, it's it's just crazy how it works out, you know, with with, with so many people making music today. You know, how, how flooded it is with because there's so many producers out there. There are. There's a lot of producers like me. There's. A lot of you know a lot of rappers and you know there's there's a lot of there's a lot to go through and it makes it hard for a listener especially for people like our age like i don't want to talk out of class but i'm I'm willing to bet that you listen to a lot of the stuff that you grew up on yeah that's that's mostly what i listen to is stuff from the 90s right so it's hard for and especially where we're also of the generation you know where we're of the technology cost like we get into Napster, we get into iTunes and like, we know how to use that. So like our attention span for newer stuff is just going to be a little more difficult to dive into. And that's, it's unfortunately, it's how it is. So, I mean, for me, at least like every, every Friday when it's like new album Friday, it's just like, when am I going to listen to all this? And then when I finally sit down to, I'm just like, uh, well, I'll just put on the chronic. Yeah. Well, well, (laughs) today too, like there's so many good podcasts that I like listening to. And then, you know, like you can listen to any song you want on YouTube, and like we didn't have stuff like that twenty no. years ago. Oh, of you course know? not. You 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 had your you had your you had your disc man that you you brought to school and you put in your car, or you had your disc man. Like especially when I was at school, like I had my disc man and I go to class and I'd listen to one CD because that's the one I picked. Right, and that's it. And now it's just like, you know, I can tr- drive to my office or whatever, and I can you know listen to eight different songs, 45 seconds each and be like, Oh, this one's good. I don't like this one. And just it's, 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 it's tough. Plus there's so many like great artists. Like um, today I, I, uh, I saw West side gun. He posted like, he was with these two guys on the West coast. They're working on an album that he's going to put out. And um, so I looked both guys up. I'd never heard of them before in, the, in my life. And one of them, you know, has an album with, um, Harry Fraud, and the other one has an album with uh, Alchemist that he put out before, you know. And I've never heard of these guys in my life, but now, you know, they're gonna they're gonna be put out by Griselda, you know. And you know, who knows how they're gonna do? But I mean, I agree with you. Like on Fridays, you know, all this stuff comes out, and today, like 
I might like an album, but I might not listen to it more than a few times. Right. Because you know, just something else is going to pop up. Right. And, and it's tough, too, because you want to give that artist their fair due. They put a lot of time and they put a lot of effort and they put a there's all this stuff behind the scenes that you and I don't really know about, you know, to a degree that that they're trying to pour their heart and soul into this. And we give it 20 minutes and then we're on to the next one. And that's and it sucks. But that's unfortunately, I feel that's the reality for a lot of things. And that's why, you know, for me, kind of going back to that that statement, like that's kind of why I want to just do singles, because I want to stay at least semi in conversation to a point and maybe that's the wrong way to do it but i i, I want to build myself up and kind of you know build my brand and, and keep doing that i think it is a good way and uh, a lot of people have you know had a lot of success it seems like you know getting their name out that way so do you plan on ever putting out like a, a compilation style producer album yeah i i would love to i always have this this vision of it i was actually talking with a uh, producer um buddy of mine is this dude waxy out in arizona who's uh he does a lot of sample compositions and, and things but um we were talking about it and i was like you know my dream would be to do like a 10 song producer record so it's like you know 10 beats but it's each song has two mcs and it's like one super big mc and then one super like underground mc so it's just like you know tones and vinnie pass on a song and then oh, yeah. it's like, you know, apathy and, and, you know, H2 Owens on a song and things like that. I think that would be so cool to have, you know, 10, 10 legends, you know, 10, 10 up and comers. And then like album two would be the instrumentals. That's, that would be my, mm. you know, That's my producer. Now, is there any um, producer type albums like that that stand out as favorites of yours? Um, there's a, there's a, there's a, a bunch of dudes, uh, in this collective called common and normal that make a lot of like beat tapes and things. And, uh, one of the series that, uh, that they put out was, um, it was all based on like reservoir dogs. So each producer had like, you know, Mr. Pink, Mr. Blonde or whatever. And they were all kind of, they all put out these instrumental tapes, but they were based on reservoir dogs, which I thought was a cool concept. Mm. So there's all, you know, there's, you know the chef mike who runs it like he put out a good tape and like burnt back rack who did the sankofa record like all these guys just put out these instrumentals which each in each dude like or each you know each producer rather they have their own their own flavor and their own thing and it, you know they're all kind of unique to themselves which is you know makes for a pretty interesting listen and then there's uh my guy iron mike sharp out in minnesota he's been cranking out beat tapes left and right but he made one with his brother um joe frazier and it was was his name iron mike what iron mike sharp he is the reason that i I make music and put music out because he introduced me to prime prolific um i don't know if i've heard that name before it sounds kind of familiar he's gonna be thinking of someone else oh definitely more names definitely check him out he's got a ton of great instrumental tapes and um he did one with his brother and it was like all super mario brothers kind of things which which was awesome yeah yeah that's a good one so um, do you have like, a, do you try to create beats every day or is it just like um, when the mood's right, you sit down and do it or is it more like a daily ritual? So it used to be daily. And then I realized, because I, I think one of my resolutions was like, I'm going to make a beat daily. But then I want to say maybe a month into it, it became forced. And I was like, oh, I, I need to do this because I need to do this. And I could just tell like I wasn't really into it. And that's not fair because it's not putting your best foot forward. So for me, like, 
I try to when I can or when the inspiration moves me. But if I'm not in the mood or I'm not feeling it or I want to watch a movie or, you know, listen to some records or whatever, I'm going to do that instead because I know when I sit down to make something, it'll, I'll be in a better place for it as opposed to just like forcing myself to make beat, you know, 742 of, of the year or something. Right. Now, when it comes to making music, is there anything you want to improve on? Um, certainly, I try to improve on mixing and using Logic Daily because I'm very untrained in it. So for me, like part of the beat making process also involves like the mixing process and, you know, using different plugins and sounds and sonics to kind of, you know, get better at that. Um, I've been getting better at like mixing and doing my own things in-house, but certainly there's always going to be room for improvement. Absolutely. Um, so that, and I think maybe getting better at just, you know, maybe mixing more, more different records. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's a lot of trial and error that can sometimes get frustrating and I shouldn't let it get, get frustrating as opposed to just doing it better, if you will. Yeah. So I want to be respectful of your time and um, wrap it up pretty soon, but um, I was wondering if you could um, tell us about this EP. I don't know how to say this. Sankofa Floodgates EP? Oh, yeah. Sankofa is the rapper. The Floodgates is the name of the record. Now, is this... Uh, all produced by you or did you just do one song on it because um it's from an email you sent me that i know about it oh i did i did the entire record okay Um, it's a it's kind of it it started out as so we did a bunch of songs for it and then we just kind of they picked the five that kind of fit the motif um it's very dark so to kind of your point earlier it's a very dark record so is this very dark for you or is it just dark in general it's just dark in general. It's a lot of minor key beats. Um, most of the songs don't have choruses. Um, there's a lot of interludes that are just kind of bizarre that I made where I took influence from kind of like Nine Inch Nails and other things and just wanted to put, you know, kind of just odd stuff in there just to make it kind of interesting. Um, the concept was earlier this year, uh, Sankofa put out a very good record called The Most Delicious Gold, but it was it was upbeat and good. It was like some feel good hip hop. And it was, you know, it's great. It's a great record. And I, you know, him and I had been going back and forth. And one of the beats he picked was like completely different from that record. It was very like eerie and weird, but he killed it. And I said, well, I'm like, we should make a whole album like this and just make it just a complete 180 from, from your last record. And I said, and on top of that, I want, I want to make it your best record. Like I want to do my best work. So, um, yeah, there's it's just the CD. We're putting out a CD only that will have songs that are not on like the digital release. Um, the songs that like didn't really make the album, they're not bad songs, they're not throwaway songs, they just didn't really fit the vibe, if you will. So, what do you think you have coming out next that we uh, that, watch out for? Uh, it will be the Sankova Floodgates record. Those will okay. be that, that will probably what's today, August 9th. That'll probably, um, that, those pre-orders will probably hit, I'd say, the end of this week. And then we'll go from there. All right. Well, um, before we wrap things up with the last question, I just want to uh, give you an opportunity to give any shout-outs and let people know where they can find you online. I would like to shout-out you, Craig, for not only the opportunity to speak with you about music and other such things. I'm completely flattered anytime anyone wants to give me the time of day to talk about what I do. So. Um, you can't see me, but I'm kneeling down and thanking you. Um, so, for, and for all you do for music, for for the amount of time that you have. Oh, um, you know, um, Shout out all the the people I mentioned before, all the the crew I met through your show, and 
you know, just you can find me at DJ underscore Maddie Light on Instagram and DJ Maddie Light at gmail.com. Come say hi. All right. So um I I I just want to say first, I, I think it's uh it's pretty remarkable, like um the amount of work you're doing and the people you're working with in just having made making beats in the short amount of time you have. So well, thank you. I appreciate that. Hopefully, it's, it's, it's honestly surprising that, that it was only that short of time. Thank you. That that means the world to me. That you know, for the amount of of, of music you've heard and, and and done and and you know yeah. been around, like that means a lot. So thank you. So, um, I started listening to podcasts like six or seven years ago, and most of them are like really um like positive ones, like Tim Ferriss show or things like that. And um, so I like to end the show with a kind of a positive question for anyone having a rough time. So if there's anyone out there having a rough time and like, they think their life absolutely sucks and it's, it's hopeless for them and they don't know what to do. And uh, they just, they just feel cursed and uh, they need some help. Like how can they take a step in the right direction and uh, live a more positive life somehow? Find something you like and be creative. You know, for me, that's what I think was, most helpful um you know there's there's always well first of all there's always people who care but secondly like if you can find something uh, to some a positive kind of hobby or or something that you like to do that can you know maybe contribute to a, a better part of your day or something to look forward to i think that's super helpful whether it's as simple as reading a book or like you know maybe you know if you like rice krispie trees i don't really know mm-hmm. um but give yourself something to look forward to every day mm. and, I, and i think that's you know that that means a lot you know a lot of people work you know 12 hours and, and they go home and it's you know there's nothing for them but there is you just gotta find it so you know go home and, and watch that movie you like or you know listen to that listen to that 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 record that you haven't or whatever give yourself something to look forward to on a, a daily basis whether it's for me making music or, or watching a movie or, you know, for anyone else, maybe it's going for a jog or working out or whatever it can be. Just give yourself something to look forward to for sure. That's a great answer. Thank you very much for that. And uh, thank you for joining me and for all the music you've been sending and uh, just keep up the good work. I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, it was good to finally connect. Likewise, Craig, thank you for the time. I look forward to, you know, talking again and sending you more stuff and we'll certainly be in touch as the days go my friend yeah we'll do it we'll do a uh, a part two in uh you know like eight to 12 months or something sounds good to me my friend all right take care maddie you as well Craig. thanks thanks The, 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 the Craig Rozier Podcast. Rozier.